So have you ever wished you were strong and had the courage you needed to do something? Maybe something that you felt was beyond your abilities? Have you ever prayed really hard for confidence in God's strength? So much so, you know what I mean, enough confidence and strength so that you could move a mountain, but you found yourself trying to scoop up confidence from the bottom of your own fearful soul. Well, if you've ever wanted to be more strong and courageous, join the crowd of mere mortals that are both preaching and reading this message today. So as we open our Bibles, we're going to look at a group of people on the expedition of their lives. Although they've been slaves now for about a dozen generations, at least they knew what to expect from one day to the next. Suddenly, they find themselves set free, and now they're let loose on a very uncertain journey. This trip was scary. The trip was filled with conflict and revolt. Yet, this same trip was pregnant with promise. And after, well, four decades of wandering and wondering if this trip really did have a purpose, God's people, the Israelites, now had a new leader, a young man named Joshua, with the biggest challenge of his life now set before him. Would he be strong enough? Would he be confident enough? Would he be strong, courageous, and confident in God? Would he have the right stuff? I'm reading to you from Joshua chapter 1. And the heading here is simply Joshua is installed as the new leader of God's people. Well, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot just as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God is our response. 
So I want to ask you again, have you ever wished that you were strong and had the courage you needed to do something? Maybe something that you felt was way beyond your abilities? Well, we all, we all know the answer to that question is, duh, well, of course that's happened to me. After all, I can remember a time when I so enjoyed observing a cast of people they'd gathered to rehearse for a powerful drama in which they had several lines they were attempting to memorize. And although they may have been churning inside, some spoke naturally, calmly, and they, and they convinced me as their audience that they were indeed ready for the performance. Others, however, well, they would begin, they would stop mid-sentence, they'd think deeply as they reached for their lines. They would recover, they'd begin again, and as they went through their monologue, while still others might say something or blurt something out like, wait, wait, I need to start over and how I could personally relate to all of them. You know, I've had many days when I wished I had not said something, or I wished that I had remembered to say something, or I just wish I would have done something differently. In any of these cases, things did not turn out like I had planned. I wanted badly to start over, to begin again. And I remembered that at the time, I just didn't have the courage and the strength and the trust to keep going. Well, now that Moses was dead, Joshua had to dig deep. I mean, Joshua had to dig really deep for enough strength, wisdom, faith, and courage to lead God's people to freedom and to a whole new way of looking at life itself. Well, you might be saying to yourself, well, yeah, leading people to a new place and a new chapter in their lives, it is a big job. But what is it that about this situation that made Joshua's job such a challenge? And why would it have been an uphill battle to lead this group of nomad desert dwellers? This group that traveled for 40 years throughout the Sinai Peninsula. Well, I want to answer that question. In my humble opinion, there were at least three types of people on that road trip. Number one, there were the old, tired slaves. These old slaves, by the way, were the byproduct of generations of mud brick makers who led a life of living in the deep grooves of fear, kind of like a bowling ball caught in a perpetual gutter. Don't step out of line or you're going to die, would have been their motto. Any hint of something exciting, dangerous, and new for them was met with distrust and cynicism. This group, I think, would have led the way digging in their heels. These were the constant complainers, in my opinion. The next group today, well, I'm calling them the young, hopeful, restless cowboys who never were anyone's slave. Well, they were too young to know and understand the mindset of a slave. They were nobody's prisoner and would never understand the words, no, you can't do that. And their idea of exciting new things over the horizon was something that gave them hope, something that gave them energy. In fact, 
They were probably the ones who snuck, snuck out of camp at night and tried to get an early glimpse of their destination ahead. They were young, adventurous, risk-takers, possibly thinking all along that Moses and Aaron, well, those two were just old fuddy-duddies moving way too slow, bragging about some vague, non-existent God. They were way too careful. They were way too conservative. And they were never bold enough to really get out there and boldly go where no man has ever gone before. Thanks to Star Trek for that one. And lastly... Who would have been the third group? Well, I'm calling the third group of people that Joshua was trying to get together and head into the right direction. I'm calling them the Swing State Squatters, a.k.a. the Undecided. Maybe they were like the folks that I like to call the Young Retired Group, who are on one hand, well, they're done with working. In other, in other words, they're no longer anyone's slave. <laughs> and on the other hand, they were in the daily process of trying to learn what their new retired life is really supposed to be like. This group, well, they were often caught between two worlds, trying to figure out which one they most prefer. Well, thank you for letting me slide this in here during this 2020 election year, because I think the final decision, decision makers of the undecided decision makers, the final group, their decisions will turn the tide and maybe even unwittingly help cast the America's vision for the future. There's no question in my mind when I think of the tough challenges that existed for Joshua, trying to convince, instruct, and shape, and lead all three of these groups would have had his challenges. Here's another thing that I think made Joshua's job an immense challenge, and that is what I'm calling Moses the Icon. When young Joshua took over the leadership from Moses, he knew full well that he had a huge task ahead of him because Moses was especially chosen by God. Moses was revered one moment and nearly crucified the next, but in any case, Moses after 40, almost 40 years of leadership, was virtually an icon. Joshua knew how God's people had followed the leadership of Moses. He also knew that Moses was the respected leader of the group. And now, with the last leg of their long journey lying before them, Joshua, the new guy, had to dig deep, really deep, for enough strength and courage to lead the people across the Jordan and to freedom, and to a new life. Fortunately, fortunately, that was when God stepped in and told Joshua that God would be the source of his courage and his strength. Also, I don't know, I'm kind of wound up this week. There would be the background story, or the backstory, as a friend of mine calls it. 400 years of making bricks, following orders, keeping your nose clean, and making babies. That's what went on, my friends, for 400 years of slavery in Egypt. Yes, 400 years of being securely bound with very little opportunity to look for trouble, let alone get into trouble. And then suddenly, without much warning, there followed 40 years of trying to completely forget that trusting the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Sarah really meant 
that these people were now free and they never had to be paralyzed again. Kind of like the difference between our dogs, Charlie who passed away a couple years ago, and our new dog, Brownie. The two of them, believe me, handled being in a dog kennel at night completely differently. I'm going to talk about that story of freedom a little bit later in the sermon. Lastly, the reason I'm saying it was a challenge for Joshua to be the new leader is this one. And you're going to like this. The future for this group of people was just plain weird. The future was uncertain. Moses sometimes sounded confused. Maybe Moses had a speech impediment and he sounded like he clearly lacked the smarts needed to be a trusted leader. The future was uncomfortable. Moses often seemed more dangerous than anything. What do you mean, don't worry about food and water? We're talking about dust and wind and dirt and snakes here. The future sounded like it would require way too much effort. Oh, so God's going to give us a beautiful paradise that just happens to be over the next mountain and across the river? Uh, which God are you talking about now? By the way, where has this God guy been all our lives? And why does he just now decide to show up? Yeah, right. Sorry, my friend, Moses. And Joshua, sorry. The future is way too weird and, and does not sound very promising at the moment. Hmm. Is this story just read in the scripture from Joshua chapter 1? Is this story, by the way, starting to sound familiar to you? Okay. By now you've realized this is not one more sermon in the six-month-long journey to ease our minds and help us to quietly hang in there and stay the course. Because the course, my friends, the direction for the church and the direction for our lives now has a whole new look and feel. It's got a whole new look and feel, my friends. Yep, the new land flowing with milk and honey, which is where we are now headed this fall and winter, is all about the events on the near horizon. And those events are just waiting for us to tool up, be creative, work together, lay a solid foundation of safety protocols, and get on board with what God is putting into place before us all. What are some of these cool things? My friends, this sermon's starting to get long, so let me be real brief here because there's way more information about these events coming your way. The Learn, Sign, and Greet event. There are Learn, Sign, and Greet events coming up in late October. Check your email. If you're not getting these emails, call me. What's the Learn, Sign, and Greet event all about? Check it out. Secondly, one of the things that are, that are coming up in the life of the church are small groups. All kinds of small groups for all kinds of different reasons. Thirdly, outdoor worship in the foothills coming in November. Again, check your email, sign up. There's a spot there to click on it and sign up. And then what we're calling the Zoom component uh, I've got a Zoom outdoor camera coming in the mail in the next week or so. We're going to hook it up to a computer. There's going to be somebody running that camera, and we're going to do live feeds of not only the November worship, 
but we're going to do live feeds of other events that we're doing so that everything we do is going to be, uh, you might say, piped right into the living rooms of people who can't make it to these events. Well, I'll tell you what. Now that we know about several cool things coming up in the life of the church, will you and I be strong? Will we be wise, safe, and careful, yet hopeful and courageous enough to trust God and to pull off all these really cool, exciting events coming up in the life of the church? Well, I think a pertinent question for every one of us this week and in the coming months is this. How is God leading me courageously into the future? And what tools will he make available to me so I too can be strong and courageous? Friends, this is the way I see all this coming together. Again, I need to be brief. We're going to be talking about all of this a lot more in the coming weeks. Number one, we need to be strong and faithful. I'll say more about that later. We need to be strong and faithful and trust all of this to God. Get connected with God every day, quietly in our hearts, and trust all of this to God and leave our doubts behind. Secondly, we need to be courageous. We need to be creative. Hey, wait till you look and see some of the events that are coming up in the life of the church. Thirdly, we need to be wise and we need to be steady. Wise and steady, we need to be safe and sound. Why? Number one, to protect everyone. Number two, to certainly protect the most vulnerable among us. And thirdly, if you want a more practical reason, if things start to go wrong, we're just going to be shut down and we have to start all over again. I don't know anybody who wants to do that. So we're going to wear masks. We're going to be socially distanced. We're going to clean rigorously. We're going to have all kinds of sanitizing instruments and apparatuses in place. We're going to do everything carefully, wisely. We're going to sign waivers. People are going to keep track of each other. We're going to monitor each other. We're going to gently care for each other. Someone said to me today, are we going to have people policing one another? Well, the policing thing is a really loaded comment, but let's just be beautiful and sweet and gentle with each other and keep each other on track. Because we need to be strong, faithful, courageous, wise, steady. We need to be safe and sound to be able to head into the future. And I think this is so connected to the Joshua story. Believe me. So, as together we turn the corner, we're turning the corner, friends, and we step through the gate and we head for the home stretch. Stay with me as I officially invite you to join us in a brand new land a brand new home into an exciting new way of living that is already happening, my friends. Hear me, it's happening. So let's leave behind our doubts. Let's leave behind our fears and whatever worries us. Are you ready? Do you want to be a part of some of these new events coming up in the life of the church? I'm telling you right now, people who know about this, and these would be your church leaders, already are contacting me, saying to me, quote, give me a job. I want to get on board with what's going on. Finally, my friends, I share with you that promised story. It's a story of freedom. It really is a story of freedom. And it's about Charlie, our dog, and it's about Brownie, our dog. I need your attention. Listen carefully. Here you go.
Here you go. First of all, there's Charlie. Charlie passed away two years ago. Well, at about 14 years old, though, Wendy and I decided it was time for Charlie to get crate trained. Actually, the two of us were getting tired of him making a ruckus at night while we were trying to sleep. So we bought a kennel, you know, one of those steel wire kennels. And we set it up and we set out to help contain Charlie. But Charlie was like a violent, wild animal. He tried to fight his way out of his confinement. High anxiety would reign. He barked and he yelped repeatedly and loudly. He even got his leg caught in the wire and he bloodied his leg and throughout the whole ordeal, he remained trapped like a wild animal with no place to go. The door of the kennel was tightly closed and firmly latched. Charlie was held captive, and there was no way that he could physically overcome his steel wire prison. Charlie would have told you if he could, I'm a slave, I'm trapped, I'm paralyzed, I will never get out of what's holding me back. Friends, one more thing to share with you. And that's our new dog, Brownie. Today, when Brownie is put into his kennel, same type of kennel, by the way, each evening, he's very calm. He's quiet. He silently rolls his eyes from side to side until he'll stop and look up at myself and Wendy with his cute little puppy dog eyes. Seemingly resigned to the situation, Brownie stays put. He hardly moves a muscle. He's very quiet and he's still. When all he would ever have to do is lean forward just a little bit and gently nudge the kennel door with his nose until it easily falls open. Because we don't even latch the kennel door. It's just sitting there, resting against itself with nothing holding it firmly closed and latched. He never tries to escape his steel wire kennel. He reluctantly accepts that he's not going anywhere. So friends, are we saying here that our new dog Brownie has the mindset of a prisoner with absolutely no desire to boldly go where no dog has ever gone before? Or is it possible that our dark brown Labrador Brownie, good-natured dog that he is, is it possible that he knows without a doubt that his loving pet parents, Wendy and Michael, will be there for him through thick and thin and we will be the ones to open the dog kennel gate. We will open the door every day early in the morning. We will shower him with grace and we will set him free so that he can move into his exciting future. 
the future of each new morning. So my friends, wherever you are in your lives today, right now, if you're caught, if you're burdened, if you're overcome by COVID fatigue, if you're having trouble seeing a hopeful future for yourself, or if you're having trouble seeing a hopeful future for Yuma First Church, please remember, Jesus promises a new beginning to each and every one of us, especially this 2020 year, as we barrel into phase one of our reopening plan at church, which, by the way, for all of us, is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land that we've been waiting for for so long now. So if by now, if by chance you're not feeling strong, you're not feeling wise, careful, and courageous, and hopeful, oh God, make it so. Set us free, O oh God. Make us strong and courageous, safe and wise. Amen.